Welcome to the podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Association of Canada. Today we're joined by Pastor Jamal Kimbanga, who spoke to us at our 2021 CMDA Canada National Conference. Pastor Jamal presents biblical wisdom for a very challenging time. He encourages us to be brave in the midst of adversity, and he urges us to follow the example of King David, living in complete reliance on the covenant God has made with each of us. Pastor Jamal is a Christian educator and evangelist who is a catalyst for positive change through his dedication to teaching the scriptures. He was born and raised in Dar es Salaam in the country of Tanzania. Pastor Jamal migrated to Canada in December 1997 and serves as an intercultural ministry coordinator at the All Nations Centre in Edmonton, Alberta. Pastor Jamal holds a Master's of Divinity in Intercultural Ministries, a Master's degree in Philosophy, and a Doctorate degree in Pastoral Care. He has been married to his wife, Noella Kimbanga, since August 2008, and they are blessed with four children. Please enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor Jamal Kimbanga. And um, before I share with you tonight um, what God has laid upon my heart, I'd just like us to begin the word of prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you're so great, and we want to thank you, Lord, for today. This is a special day, a day that you've made. We shall be glad in it. We just want to thank you, Lord, for this session, and we pray that God speak to us, oh God. Your word is powerful. It speaks to our hearts, and we pray that God speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to invite you to open the book of Psalm. Uh, chapter 11. And um, the topic of what I'm going to share today is when the foundations of society are shaken, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11 says, In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord in his holy temple, the Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who have violence, he hates with passion. On the wicked, he'll rain fiery coals and burning sulfur, and scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous, he loves justice. The upright will see his face. So this particular psalm is not a prayer like the other psalms we read in the book of Psalms. It's actually a faith response to a difficult situation. David is responding in faith in a situation that was a difficult situation. 
the foundations of that society at that particular time were shaken. And when the society was shaken, David's advisors advised David by saying to him to flee like a bird. But then David rejects the advice and he says, no, I cannot flee like a bird. I remember when one week after I got married, I just made a vow in front of a pastor and said, you know, I'll be with my wife in all situations, in good times and in bad times. So I made a vow. One week later, me and her in our honeymoon were just walking across the street. And there was a car that was coming to, to, to us. And I thought that the car was going to hit us. So what I did is that I jumped off the road without my wife. I just jumped alone. I just left her on the road. So what's happening here is my old nature was still real. I've been a single person for a long time. So when I got married, I even forgot that I was married. So when an opportunity came for me to make a difference, to show my wife that I'm there to protect her, I missed a chance. And I found myself off the road without her. Now, I can, we can, me and my wife, we can laugh about it, but I felt terrible that I had an opportunity to make a difference, but I did not make a difference. In this psalm here, David is being asked, being told by his advisors to flee like a bird. But then he responds in verse 1 by saying, In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? So David says, in the Lord I take refuge. I cannot flee like a bird. In other words, David knew that God was in charge of the situation. Ultimately, God was in charge of his life. David did not want to fear what could happen to him. Because sometimes we fear. When things are hard, we fear what might happen, what could happen, even before those things happen. But David knew that, that God will shelter him unless it was God's appointed time for his early life to end. In other words, death is a mystery. It's a mystery. I don't understand death. It's actually a mystery. It says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment. So everybody is destined to die at some point. But I see death as a mystery because at the end of the day, it's God who decides when a person should go. It's not me or it's not you. It's God who decides that. There's a story here of Jesus Christ uh, in the book of John, chapter 7, verse 30. And this is what he said. He says, they tried to seize him, 
but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. So at some point, they wanted to kill Jesus so badly. They wanted to do away with him. But the Bible says here that God protected Jesus because his time had not yet come. That's why it's a mystery because, you know, people are seeking to, to, to destroy him, but God prevented that. And then another story is found in the book of Luke chapter 12 of a, of a rich young man who was very, very wealthy. It says this person was a very, very wealthy young man. He had an abundant harvest, according to Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. And because he, ha he had a, a, a huge harvest, he didn't know what to do with his harvest. And now this is what he said to himself. He began to ask himself some questions. He began to say, what shall I do then? I have no place to store my crops. But then he said, this is what I'll, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store all my surplus grain. Then he says, then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid upon for your, for, uh, uh, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and marry. So he began to say to himself, now I have so many years to live ahead of me. I'm secure. My retirement plan looks great. Little that he knew, God comes into the picture and he said, God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. God comes and he says, my friend, you have less than 24 hours to live. Now you see these two examples here. You want to kill Jesus, God prevents the death. And he is a man who thought he had all the life in the world. God says, you have less than 24 hours. So you see, death is a mystery. It's in God's hands. And that's why David is not shaken in this situation because he knows that if my time has not yet come, nothing will happen to me because God is my refuge. God is in control of everything. And some of you are nurses, doctors, working with patients with coronavirus, or working with patients in, in all kinds of all kinds of infectious diseases. But if that's where God has put you, my friend, shine the light of Jesus Christ, because death is a mystery. It does not matter in what situation that God has put you. If you know that that's where God has put you, shine the light of Jesus Christ and not flee from responsibility. Verse 2, it says, Now the advisors of David are saying, For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. So the, the advisors of David, they are now painting a, a, a bad scenario here to David. They say, things are really bad, David. You should be on the, your way right away from the situation because your enemies, they are going to wipe you completely. And I do believe that 
the advices of David had good intentions. Sometimes people have good advice for us. They, they are concerned about us. But here is the problem. David is reasoning and he's thinking to himself. He understands that the situation is bad. But if he focuses so much on the seriousness of the situation, it will mean that he has to put his eyes off the Lord. And that's what he didn't want. And sometimes when we focus so much on the crisis, if the crisis becomes so important to us, what happens is we can fall into the danger of forgetting about God, who is everything, about the ultimate reality, who is God. David chose to focus on the size of his God. The advisors of David did not know who, who David was, the type of person David was. But this is the type of David, the person David was. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we are told of a story of a time when King Saul, who was the king of Israel, went through a very difficult time in the history of Israel. The Philistines, you know the story of Goliath, they were torturing God's people, constantly, constantly causing trouble to Israel. They had no solution. Nobody knew what to do with Goliath. Then David appears into the scene, and this is what he says to the king. He says, David said to King Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So David come and say, I will fight this Goliath who is causing problems. But then Saul said, well, I don't think if you can do this because this man Goliath, he has been a man of war since his youth. You're just a little boy. But then David reminded King Saul and says, listen, your servant, when I was in the wilderness taking care of sheep, a lion will come to attack the sheep. I will go after the lion, tear him apart, and save the sheep. And the other times, a bear will do the same thing. We want to attack the sheep. I'll go and tear apart the bear and save the sheep. So your servant has killed both lion and bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So this is the type of person David was. See, David knew that he had a big God. In every situation that he, felt he, he faced in his life, he had to remember the greatness of God. Say, if God did this in the past, I have all the reasons to believe that he can even do it today. And this Philistine you see today is going to be history. But what was his secret? He says here, his secret, he says that the Lord who rescued me from the, the, the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So you see, my brothers and my sisters, as believers, God has done so much in our lives. There are so many good things we can talk about the greatness of God. He is great. I remember myself, I didn't know Jesus, I didn't know God. At some point, he found me. 
He saved me from a terrible life, a life of no hope, no future. When I accepted him to come to my life, he gave me a sense of hope and a sense of direction. That itself is a miracle. I have a story to tell of what God has done. And based on that background, whatever situation I face today, I can always look at the greatness of God, what he has done in the past, and trust him in every situation that is difficult ahead of me. And the same thing applies to you as well. Unless you tell me that God has not done anything in your life. But I want to believe that each one of you here, God has done something in your life. Based on that, you can be confident that he has not changed. He's the same God. And he wants you to allow him to let his will be done in your life. Fleeing is not an option for the believer. Running away from responsibility is not an option for the believer. In a time of day like this is a time to shine for Jesus Christ. When the foundations are shaken for the believer is a time to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Since last year, when the pandemic started, sometime early last year, this is what I hear all the time. I hear people say this all the time. Our society has been shaken. It has been shaken. And people want answers. They want answers. But this is what I hear. They're asking questions. They're saying, what are the experts saying? They want to hear from the experts. What are they saying? Some people want answers from science. What is science saying? And that's okay. Science has good things to say to, 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 to teachers. And I'm a strong believer. Experts have good things to say. They have information that we don't have. And I praise God for them. Some people ask questions. What are the politicians saying? What are they doing about the situation? They want answers from politicians, from science, from experts. Very few people don't think that God has a say in the whole in this situation. We forget that ultimately he's the one who has all the answers for whatever situation that we are going through. For some reasons, everybody else can say something about this pandemic, but God is not allowed to say anything. And if this is our position tonight, I'm afraid we are missing the point of life. God has something to say. Because ultimately, life, he's the author and the finisher of life. And as believers, we can remind people that ultimately, God is in charge no matter what situation we are going through. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my for, for you, for, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, what should the righteous do then in difficult situations? In the book of Exodus chapter 3, Ezra laid the foundations of the temple. The foundations of society at that times were, fell apart. 
King Nebuchadnezzar tore the children of Israel apart by taking them out as slaves in Babylon. But now, what did Ezra do? Ezra began to lay the foundations of the temple, to rebuild the temple after everything had collapsed. That's what righteous people do. In the midst of, of chaos, Ezra comes, encourages the people to lay the foundations to rebuild the temple of God. King David, regardless of his ups and downs in his life, he was instrumental in making the preparations for the building the, the, the temple which Solomon completed. That's what righteous people do. During the times of the kings in Judah, godly kings worked so hard, encouraged the people to do away with idolatry and restored true worship and encouraged people to worship the true God. That's what godly men do, did in those days. When things are falling apart, that's what righteous people do. And in the New Testament, you know, the message to the churches in the, in the book of Revelation, the Spirit of God made it very clear that local churches need to constantly examine themselves to see if they are still faithful to God in whatever situations that they are going through. In other words, when the foundations of our society are shaken, the believer is to become like an evergreen. It's always green. An evergreen is always green. Wintertime is green. Summertime is green. Every time the tree is always green. Nothing changes, unlike other trees where the weather, they go by the weather. But the evergreen is always green. That's the life of the believer. Verse 4 says, The Lord in his holy temple, the Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth, his eyes examine them. So David says, the Lord is in his holy temple. So he's saying to his advisors, yes, I am a king myself. But God in his holy temple is above me as a king. Even though I am your king, but God is above. Fleeing is not an option because God is above all. And he says that his eyes are upon the righteous. He's upon the righteous. He looks at the righteous. His eyes are always upon the righteous, looking at the righteous. And he's looking at the righteous to see, are they going to walk with God in every difficult situation? Or they're going to flee like everybody else. Are they going to, to continue to hold in biblical truths when the foundations are shaken? Or they're going to be like everybody else, dismiss God. The eyes of God are upon the righteous. Are we going to, 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 to be like everyone else because it seems like God has forsaken us? Or are we going to shine the light of Jesus Christ? David has a good message to, to remind us. 
In verse 6, it says, Verse 5, actually. The Lord examines the righteous, the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with passion. So he favors the righteous, but the wicked, people who are always up and down, he does not look with favor. And in verse 6, he says, On the wicked, he'll rain fiery coals and burning sulfur, and scorching wind will be their lot. So ultimately, God is going to destroy the wicked. Ultimately, all what we call evil, God is going to destroy. These things have an end. Ultimately, when that day comes, all the things, trials, and the devil end. And that's why for the believer, giving up is not an option. And in verse 7, he says, for the Lord, his righteous, loves justice. The upright will see his face. So this is the last piece here. David is saying, he's hoping in God and say, you know what, everything is going to end at some point. And for the righteous person who persevered, God has good things in store for them. Has good things in store for that person. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your challenge is. And as professionals serving people, you go through all kinds of challenges, all kinds of difficult situations. But as a righteous person, we are the hope for the world. When everything fails, we need to remind the world, ultimately, God is in charge. And I hope that this message speaks to you tonight. And I hope that you can be instrumental in your work, in whatever area that God has put you, you can make a difference and let people understand that ultimately life is in God's hands. Thank you very much and God bless you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the CMDA Canada podcast. Watch for more content in this space coming soon.